Welcome once again, everybody. This is your slightly more than a, wait, more than slightly normal? No. Hey, eh, it's your annoying talking head, page man, coming at you once again. Another cathartic podcast. Had an idea of what I want to talk about. Kind of change it right before I press record. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> this might be a short one today. Lucky you. Or it might be fucking long. It just depends on if I get going or not. If I get on a roll, you might all be screwed. But luckily, you can turn it off. I'm stuck listening to myself. Over and over and over. Every fucking day, I gotta listen to myself. So the college football season ended over a week ago now. Wasn't gonna talk about it. But then I came across an article. I went, oh. I think I want to talk about this. The best place to talk about it is on this thing. So why the fuck not? Also, the was it divisional play uh, round for the NFL has come and gone. We are now going into the conference championships. I mean, what to say about that? Let's see. The Stoltz got plastered. 41-21. Indy kind of got plastered. Forgot the score on that one. The Saints had an exciting game. How does Alshon Jeffries let that ball go right through his hands? That was just amazing how that worked. I don't know if it's karma, but I mean, a week ago, they... Bears kicker doinks it twice, allowing Philadelphia to win the game. And Philadelphia goes into New Orleans and they're up 14 nothing in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. And then they just kind of fell flat. And they had time that they had four minutes or so to come back. <clears throat> they're number six. It was 20 to 14. And. Little was it a slant or was it? I think it was a slant. If I remember correctly, right through Alshon Jeffrey's hands, right into the waiting arms of the Saints. I forgot the guy's name. And the game's over. I think they needed one more first down. They got it, and it was exciting. Looked like it was going to be a blowout, especially since. Earlier in the day, we saw a blowout with the Dolts and the Pats. So this is kind of, ah, crap. This is going to be a waste of day. But it turned into a good finish off strong. So that was a good game. I mean, back and forth. Um, well, not really back and forth. I shouldn't say that. But Saints came back. And now they're on to the NFC Championship against the Rams, who ran all over the Cowgirls. Fucking all over them. They were the fourth or fifth team ever to have two players rush for over 100 yards in a playoff game. If I remember correctly. I forgot the other people on the list. I know the Rams did it back in 90s? Early 90s? No, I'm probably looking at that. Who the fuck was it? Maybe late 80s. Actually, they did it in the playoffs at home against the Dallas Cowboys again. So... Dallas just needs to not play them in L.A. 
I think last time they played in the Abbott, they actually played Anaheim. For all of you who don't remember, St. Louis. The Rams were originally in L.A., well, kind of Anaheim area. That they played at the old Angel Stadium, and they moved up to the Coliseum, I want to say. Then sometime in the 90s, mid-90s, early 90s, they moved to St. Louis, and then a couple years ago, they moved back to L.A. They won the Super Bowl in St. Louis with uh, Kurt Warner and uh, Marshall Falk and, God, who are the receivers? Hit a couple of them. Greatest show on turf because their stadium was indoors. That's for a whole different other topic. I don't understand how that stadium is old all of a sudden. I think they built it specifically for the Rams to go to St. Louis 20 years ago. And it's still a good stadium for what I understand. I don't know who uses it, but... Anyways, I digress. They they uh, beat up the Cowboys. Probably wasn't as close a game as the scoreboard made it look. But it was still, well, I, think I, I forgot the score turned out to be off the top of my head. But the Rams ran all over da- Dallas. Didn't, didn't expect that to happen. I thought Dallas' defense was better. Is this what I get for thinking? But now it's going to be St. Louis in New Orleans again. I think didn't they face each other earlier this year as well? I feel like they faced each other earlier this year. Again, I'm, I this is the time I watch the NFL for the most part. I don't watch it during the regular season, just because I watch college football. <laughs> and Saturdays I don't do a fucking thing. And because I watch college football and Sundays, I kind of turn into, oh shit, I got to do stuff. So I couldn't tell you if they faced each other or not. I think they did. I want to say they did. They did. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Back on November 4th. Oh shit, it was a 45-35 game, which New Orleans won. That's going to be fun. (laughs) That is going to be a fun, fun game to watch for two reasons. Reason number one, the Rams show that they can play close games and they don't have to score 30 fucking points to win. Well, they did score 30 points to win. They don't have to score 40 points to win. (laughs) And the Saints proved that their defense is pretty solid or less Philadelphia's offense sucked. Which the first quarter didn't look like they were going to suck. Again, it was 14, I think it was 14 nothing like that. It was pretty fucking quick. I turned it on. This is enough time. This 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 is the right time to watch the guy score, walk into the end zone for the first touchdown. Went, oh shit! What a swung the game just started. But New Orleans has played close games. I mean, there's games in there where they didn't break twenty. I mean, there's a twelve nine game against Carolina, which they won. They lost thirteen ten to the Cowgirls the week before or two weeks before. But there's games that. New Orleans has shown, hey, we don't have to score 30 points to beat you. We can score 20. We can score 12. We can lean on our defense to beat you. And that's what they've done in a couple games. Again, honestly, our first quarter, the defense stepped up and made Foles and the rest of the Eagles look kind of bad. And the Eagles' defense stepped up. I mean, they were, that defense was smothering. They made it hard on Breeze and the rest of that Saints' offense to kick in to get going. 
So, I mean, it was a decent game. Was it, I mean, it wasn't the best, the most exciting game until the end, in my opinion. But it was a good game. The Rams-Cowboys game, I mean, that felt like it was already in hand. Even though it turned out to be an eight-point game, it felt like, to me, the spots I watched, that, um, I want to say St. Louis, that L.A., had the game in hand. I mean, Curly and oh, Anderson, is that the running back's name? I forgot his name. I should know his name. Oh, my God. They were talking about him all day today. Because he was cut by um, the Broncos for having too much weight, for being too fat, being too big. They want him to slim down. So they cut him. He goes to, I want to say Carolina. That's what I want to say, but again, it could be wrong. On where he went before he went to the uh, Rams. And he he wasn't all that great. I mean, it just wasn't working. And he winds up as a backup behind Gurley. And <laughs> three straight games. Remember, Gurley was out for a little bit. Uh, I think they also rested him as well. And he ran for uh, CJ Anderson ran for a hundred yards three straight games. That's not bad. I mean, granted, it was Arizona, San Francisco, but then he ran for hundred yards against Dallas. Let's see how off am I on where he went? Uh, he was a Bronco. No, he was kicking. I was right. I was also with Oakland for a little bit as well. What a closer fuck Oakland's turned into. That's probably for a different show. Different time, different day. <clears throat> but. And then we move on to the Dolts and the Pats. And first four possessions, the Pats score a touchdown. Three of them were rushing. And going into the Saturday, or Sunday, I'm sorry, going into the Sunday, it was, oh, no, the, the Dolts are, are, uh, are the most complete team in the playoffs and this and that, and they just get fucking schwacked. And New England's running back, like I said, I think he became the first rookie to score three touchdowns in a playoff game. Maybe it was three, three touchdowns and a half, nonetheless. A run rush for three touchdowns. I mean, what the hell? I don't know how well... I don't think Tom even played all that great, but they put pressure on Rivers. Rivers, fucking, he looked like he had gone through the ringer at the end of that game. He was hobbling around. His jersey was fucking dirty as shit. He was not feeling good. And New England went on and beat them 41-28. And again, that on paper, I mean, yeah, it's two touchdowns, but really it, it wasn't close. It just wasn't. And as somebody who used to be a Charger fan, I don't care. I'm glad they got embarrassed. I just wish it was somebody else besides New England. I mean, it was a total domination. I'm sitting there looking at the stats. It was a total fucking domination, man. 
The Patriots blitzed 11 times and got to Rivers 29 of 53 times. They only blitzed 11 times. How many sacks did they end up with? One, two. Let's say they only got. Let's say they only got to him two times or sacked him two times. But fucking hell, um, he was. Everybody had a hurry. <laughs> now just a good, great game plan. That's a great game plan by New England. You know, I'm. I'm gonna say I think Belichick, like Saban, is really, really good when they have multiple weeks to prepare. They had a week to prepare for either Baltimore or the Dolts. So they probably prepared for both of them. Had some sort of game plan for each one, implemented them during the practice of that week. And then, once they found out who they were going to face, they just switched over and put 100% concentration on that game plan. That's probably what they did. And I have no sympathy for the adults whatsoever. None. And I never will. The only negative part about it I can think of is well, those are fucking Pats who did that. <clears throat> that was a weird game to watch. I didn't know who I wanted to win. Because <laughs> I don't like either team. And I haven't liked the Patriots since fucking hell. Since they had the uh, that guy on the helmet, since they turned into this weird little Patriot streak thingy, stop liking them. I think I root them for them. No, I didn't. I'm trying to remember if I rooted for them in the Super Bowl with Bledsoe, but I didn't. They were playing uh, Green Bay. I think it was. I was rooting for Green Bay at that time. Then we go to the other AFC game. Kansas City, Indianapolis. Okay, I kind of said it was a close game. I, I lied. It wasn't. <laughs> if you talk to certain people, it's, well, they came in with a shitty game plan. They acted like they were in non-discipline. Yeah, they probably were. But they were in a hostile environment. And maybe Kansas City just had a game plan that worked. Kind of like New England had a game plan that made the Dolts look like shit. All you ever is, the Dolts score 28. <laughs> Granted, I think 21 of those points were in the second half when the Patriots are already up 30-something to 7. I didn't watch a Kansas City game. I don't know. I had no interest to watch that one, I guess. I think I was actually working that time on Saturday. But they walked out with a 31-13 win. Congratulations to them. And next week... The, I don't know, weekend, <laughs> what the date is on that. The 20th, 19th? I don't even know what day they play. Holy fuck. Uh, what week am I in? There I am. Is it the 19th or 20th that they face each other? God damn it. Are they doing both games on the same day or are they splitting them up again? I wonder. So on Sunday, New England and Kansas City... In Kansas City. Normally, I would say New England would be favored, in my book anyways. <clears throat> you look at the last several years when they've made it to the AFC Championship and when they've lost, it has been away from New England. Denver twice. Uh, I forget the other ones. Honestly, been on those two for sure. So looked it up earlier this week. So, 
New England, New England is better at home. Simple enough. They are awesome at home during the playoffs. They're great at home. So this game was in New England. I would heavily favor New England. But since it's in Kansas City, and Kansas City seemed to play really, 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 really well last week, which I haven't said a couple episodes ago, I'm a little worried about Kansas City. I don't know how consistent they are. I didn't feel like they were very consistent coming into the playoffs. Luckily, they didn't have that week off, I guess. Since they had the week off, they were able to right the wrongs and get their heads out of their ass. I don't know. But, again, I just didn't feel like Kansas City was playing consistent football. And Reed really hasn't been known to be very consistent during the playoffs. I mean, he did have that nice run with Philadelphia with McNabb and Terrell Owens, which they lost to, I think, New England, if I remember correctly. I think it is New England. New England only because Denver beat – how did Denver beat? I guess – oh, Cam Newton, that's why. They beat, they beat uh, uh, Carolina, that's right. Wait, yeah. So he's backtrack. So I think, you know, if Kansas City plays and can disrupt New England's offense like they did Indianapolis, I don't know if New England can win this game. I just don't know. No, okay. no I'm really interested on seeing what the stats were. Because to me, the reason why I'm interested is I didn't get an opportunity to look this up. I wasn't even going to talk about the NFL, honest to God. <clears throat> But the reason why I'm interested is because New England ran the ball so effectively against the Dolts. How much how much of a factor was Brady? That's my question. Oh, Grant, Kansas City doesn't have the best defense in the league. Period. I mean, Kansas City just does not have the best defense in the league to my knowledge. So I wonder how much of a, how much of their how much how much of how much was their the Brady effect? Because you've seen Brady take over games, especially Super Bowls. I mean, we've seen Brady take over Super Bowls and march them down. Was he needed against the Dolts? From what I saw, he wasn't. But again, he was very efficient. So that's something I'm going to have to find out for you guys. I don't know. I mean, we saw golf. He didn't have the ball much. I think he only finished off with 180-some yards, didn't he? Yeah, because when you have C.J. Anderson talk early coming up with 273 yards together, <laughs> beating up the best rushing defense in the league, you don't, you're, you don't need to have your quarterback throw the ball 50, 60 times. I don't think he even threw that ball. I think he threw it maybe 20 times, 30 times, maybe. Maybe. Let's see. Golf, golf threw it 28 times. That's it. 28 times for 186 yards. He was a little over 50%. But shit, Joe Namath can get to the Hall of Fame with a career of 50% and having over, I think, 100 more interceptions than he had touchdowns. Golf, I say, is on a good track. But here's a stat that really kind of jumps out at me because, again, I watched it, but I didn't watch it. I was kind of listening to the play-by-play. Ezekiel Brown had – Brown. Ezekiel Elliott had 20 carries for a grand total of 47 yards. 
against a defense which has proven to be very, very porous. They held Ezekiel Elliott to 47 yards. Everybody knows, everybody and their brother who even knows what the NFL is, knows that if you hold Ezekiel Elliott over under 100 yards and make Dallas one-dimensional, a.k.a. passing, even with Amari Cooper, I think is a great talent. And he's proven that he – I don't know if he's an elite receiver, but he's definitely on that border of being an elite to great receiver, a great to elite receiver. And you've seen with him what he's done since he's been with the Cowboys. He gave them a downfield threat, which teams had to respect, which gave Elliott plenty of space to run. But if you shut down Elliott, I don't know, and I personally – I don't, and I think it was proven this last weekend, if Dallas has the right person, A, calling the plays, and B, running the plays as the head guy, a.k.a. the quarterback, to make a positive difference, to win games. I mean, Dak Prescott was 20 for 32 for 266 yards. He had one touchdown. And they lost. Matter of fact, Amari Cooper, he had six catches along with Michael Gallup. But Gallup's the one who had 119 yards. Almost doubled what Amari had. I mean, they had a bunch of different receivers actually catch a ball. Uh, nine different guys catch a ball for uh, Prescott. Prescott's a good quarterback. Is he the best? No. Is he elite? No. And we've seen it. You've seen the elite quarterbacks can go out there and help their team win when the defense makes them one-dimensional or the defense stops or they don't have anything else to become multidimensional. When that running game for Dallas doesn't get going and you put the game on Dak Prescott's shoulders, he's just not good enough to go above and beyond. Especially against a team that's supposed to be a top-rate team like Los Angeles, like the Rams. Now, if he was against, I don't say the Giants or something, a team that sucks right now, okay, yeah, sure. But when you go against the teams that are on the top of the league – you're going to have a hard time depending on somebody like a Prescott to be that guy. Now, he played well. He did. I mean, 266 yards, that's not bad. He had a QBR of 83.6. I don't know how they come up with that shit, okay? <laughs> he only got sacked one time. Actually, it's kind of, I don't know if that even counts as a say. He was in the grass. He was basically getting humped by one of his deep offensive linemen, and they called him dead in the grass. That was a weird, weird play. <clears throat> but 20 for 32. That is not a bad uh, uh, stat. Jared Goff is slightly over 50%. Threw for 186 yards. No touchdowns. No interceptions as well. It didn't, Prescott didn't have any interceptions. And he also didn't have – he had one touchdown. But the rushing attack is what got L.A. that win. It's a duh factor. 
when he can go and he can face the top rush defense in the league and put over 200 yards on them, come on. That's pretty damn good. That's really damn good. Actually, I shouldn't say it's pretty damn good. That's really damn good. So now, you go in. Again, we got New Orleans hosting L.A. That's going to be a tough one. L.A.'s got to go into a very, very loud New Orleans. You kind of saw after the first quarter, Philadelphia kind of – they. Their offense fell apart a little bit, but it's got loud. Saw some false starts, saw some stupid uh, decisions. I think they had a couple uh, – they had to call some timeouts because of delay games and blah, 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 blah. So it's not going to be an easy place to play. I forgot who said it. I was watching a pregame show. I think it was on Fox. That – it wasn't on Fox. We're going to hear it. <clears throat> Somebody said it. And they simply said, hey, if – the way – New England, the way New Orleans is going to keep from being upset by Philadelphia, like Philadelphia upset Chicago last week, is to survive the first quarter. And they didn't. They didn't survive the first quarter, but they had enough gumption and talent and coaching and a quarterback and an offense and a defense. They go, oh, shit, we're actually playing the game. And they played the next three quarters and walked away with the victory. I think the Dolts are still in L.A. wondering if when the game's supposed to start. Now, here's a stat for you guys, for all one and a half of you listening. The top four best offenses this year are playing in the NFC and AFC championships. That's New England, who has the best offense in the league. Yards per game, by the way. <clears throat> it's L.A., Kansas City, and New Orleans. One, two, three, and four. Number five would be Chicago, but they got beat by Philadelphia because the guy missed a kick. Which, oh, by the way, what was it, a 40-something-yard kick? And I think a couple people at bar and then a big company and went, hey, if you can make this field goal in the snow – We'll give you free Super Bowl tickets or free beer. And out of a hundred and some odd people that signed up to do it, not a single one made it. Matter of fact, there's a really cool video of a guy wearing a Bears jersey. No, he's wearing his high school jersey. High school practice jersey. Like a douche. And he goes up and kicks it. And he slips and falls on his ass. And the ball goes in the end. like a, a, a fence up so people can actually watch him. Like head on. But the fence is there to protect him. No one. Everybody failed. So it's not as easy as it looks, jackasses. <clears throat> One, two, three. Yeah, no, no, I'm looking at the, the stats for for the season. No, the one, two, three of the top five leaders in passing yards per game are in the or in the championships this week. New England, New Orleans, and Kansas City. Rushing yards. One, two, three, four. All four are on top five. Total defense. Three of the four are top five total defense. New Orleans is number two. Kansas City is three. And Los Angeles is five. 
Now, that's weird because I've seen all those teams just get their butts. You know, like, all, I've seen everybody on that side of the ball get their ass kicked, especially St. Louis. I don't know St. Louis. L.A. Did not expect to see L.A. on that list, top five. They're actually fifth. And sixth is New England. But, again, it doesn't really matter where you rank because if you look at number seven, which is the Dolts, they got smashed. Kansas City gives up the second least passing yards in the game. New Orleans gives up the third least. Now, apparently, the stat I saw earlier today was wrong because it told me that Dallas has had the best rushing defense in the league. But this is telling me, according to NFL.com, this is telling me that New England has the best rushing defense. New Orleans is the third best. L.A. has the fourth best. And Kansas City has the fifth best. So someone's going to have to give. If I look on the offensive side of the stats, oh, the fuck, that's going to be points galore. But then to go to the defensive side of the stats, you go, oh, wow, all these defenses are pretty good too. I mean, yeah, the Saint, we've seen St. Louis give up a shit ton of uh, points. New Orleans has given up a decent amount of points. I keep saying St. Louis. Fucking L.A. How does L.A. give us so many points? That's my question. They have all this all-pro talent on there. How are they giving up so many damn points? I guess there are games in there that they didn't give up too many points. I mean, they just shut out Arizona. But a couple 31-point games in there, they give up 27. There's a 30, There's a 45, the New Orleans. There's a 51 in Kansas City. That's going to be such a great game. I'm looking forward to that one. The New Orleans, uh, LA game. I keep wanting to see St. Louis. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun to watch. Kansas City, New England. That's going to be fun to watch as well. I mean, great offenses. And some decent defenses as well. Here's something for you guys. For all you New England fans, oh, we're better than blah, 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 blah. people. What did Brady say? What the fuck bullshit did he say? No, he said something. Where is it at? No, I don't care. He said something about people going up, going against us, and where is this? He said something. I forgot what it was. It was something stupid. Like really? I never said that. I don't know. I don't believe that. Where is it at? Is that the end of the game? Urgh, that's going to piss me off now. Oh, you know, he said something that I went, really? Here it is. I know everyone thinks we suck, and you know, you know. I don't know. Not it. I quote from Brady after the game. I know everyone thinks we suck, and you know, can't win any games. So we'll see. It's fun. Who said they suck? I say this I suck because I don't like them. Doesn't mean they suck on the field. And if history has anything to do with it, this year's history, they're going on the road, so I'm I might lean that way. All six of their losses this year, guess what? We're on the road. You have eight away games, eight home games, and you lost 
fucking six of your away games. I mean, one of your wins away was against Buffalo. I don't think that counts. <laughs> but one was against Chicago. Way back in October. Does New England suck? Yes, but not production. <clears throat> Just, they suck. But not in the context of playing. They're a fucking good team. Let's face it. I think 13 times out of the last 16 or some bullshit like that, they've been in the AFC Championship or some bullshit. Some off-the-wall stat like that. It's fucking amazing. No, I've said it. I think I said it over the weekend. If New England, if Kansas City lost and New England won, New England's going to go to the Super Bowl. Hands down, no questions asked. Because the game would be in New England for the AFC Championship. Now, Kansas City won. I don't think the score really dictates how much of an ass whooping that was. It was 31 13. Kansas City in Indianapolis. And now New England has to go to Kansas City. And you can't play out the weather. I think it's going to be like negative five is a prediction. I mean, as of right now, um, who's this guy? According to, according to, I don't know what weather system, weather thing this is. But according to this weather I'm looking at, the 16th forecast is supposed to be fucking cold. This is brutally cold, but no, it's going to be fucking cold. Like, Negative 5 to 10 degrees cold in Kansas City in six days. The game's on Sunday, so that's the end of the week. Now, things can change, of course, but I know California and the West are going to get hit by some storms, but they usually stall out and get in the mountains and take some time and get across. To, get across. So if this model holds up, it's going to be cold. Now, get there again, you can't really – say, well, that's going to be an advantage for either team. They're playing in Kansas City. Kansas City's played in the cold before. It was cold last weekend. New England, it's always cold in New England, especially in the playoffs. The only difference between the two teams that I can see, minus the you know, the total stats, which they, I mean, there's a, let's see, a 60-yard difference in total offense. There's almost a 100-yard difference in passing, which is weird because Kansas City, because Mahomes has put up some fucking numbers. And there is, well, Kansas, there's a 30-yard difference in total rushing. This is all offense. On defense, uh, there's over a 100-yard difference between Kansas City and New England. Well, let's see. I see total defense. Where's New England ranked at? They're at a six, though. They're a game. There's about a 100-yard difference between the two. It's not really much in the grand scheme of things. <clears throat> so the only difference is New England doesn't seem to like, like to play on the road. Kansas City likes to play at home. Kansas City's success is, uh, can be beat at home. The, Char the Chargers did it uh, the 1st of uh, December. When Kansas City kind of went to like a weird little hiccup lull thing. I don't know how to explain it. When I started thinking, wow, they're not very consistent. Getting those towards the end of the year. 
if the team we saw the beat up Indianapolis shows up and the team we saw beat up the Dolts goes in Arrowhead, we're going to have one hell of a fucking game. And it's going to be fun to watch. And it's going to be fun to see what gives. Again, if history for if this year's history has anything to go along with the outcome, I will put money on Kansas City. I think New England might win. I hope they don't. But then again, I don't think they're going to. I'm so torn on who wins that game. Same thing with the New Orleans-LA game. I don't know who's going to win. I mean, if New Orleans came out and this dominated Philadelphia like they kind of did a couple times, but it really didn't do consistently, you know, I would say New Orleans. But the way L.A. was able to dominate a good run defense, stop a, a, a good run sh- offense, I mean, it's going to be fun. I don't – you're going into New Orleans. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough decision to make. I don't know who is going to make it. I, 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 I don't know who's going to do it. I just don't fucking know. It's going to be New England fans to say New England's going to win. It's going to be L.A. fans to say L.A.'s going to win. It's going to be Saints fans to say the Saints are going to win. Blah, 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 blah. There's going to be experts who will probably be split on who wins. I'm not an expert. I get out here. I talk whatever is on my mind. Seven times out of ten, it's completely wrong. So passing grade, though. And I'll fucking know. I'll, and I will admit it. And I admitted it during one uh, on my SEC rant for college football. I still think the SEC is overrated, <laughs> but uh, Kentucky, Kentucky is one that I fucking harped on negatively. They proved me wrong. You can always add a well, but but no, they they proved me wrong. Kentucky proved me wrong. Penn State proved, Penn State proved me right. That's who they face. They face each other. So I I'll, I will admit my shortcomings. I fuck I was wrong. That's the best part about sports. It doesn't matter who you are. You're not gonna be right all the time. You can have a point of view. God forbid you have a point of view in politics, but you can have a point of view in sports. You're gonna piss off a bunch of people, and you're gonna make a bunch of people happy. Is this is this what it is? Ah, wow! I can't believe I went on a forty-five minute rant. Not rant, but my forty-five minute talk about college, about NFL. What the fuck? Dot com. Did not expect that. So both games are on Sunday. That's cool. I'm cool with that. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> all I gotta say about that. Oh man. How much, how much longer do I got to wait to college football? Uh, I got to wait all the way to August. Fuck. I got to wait all the way to August 24th when Arizona faces Hawaii. I guess that's a good place to boot a commercial right there. Damn. This is, I did not want to get into talking about the NFL, and I fucking did. So if you watch the bowl games, you know I'm a college football fan. I've said that many times. I have a lot. Of episodes, I think we're on how many episodes we've done so far. The majority of them are about college football. 
and I enjoyed the bowl games. I don't care if you hate the bowl games. I don't care if you think there are too many bowl games. Fuck you, don't watch them. Simple enough. All right? I'm tired of listening. I'm tired of hearing, listening, watching people bitch and moan and moan and bitch about fucking too many bowl games. Don't fucking watch them. It's simple as that. It's like seeing a post on Instagram or fucking Facebook. Scroll past it. Oh, it's offensive. Scroll past it. Or mute them. They have cool little function on Instagram. If you're following somebody, they put something offensive on. Fucking mute them. It's not that hard. I don't need to fucking sit here and listen to your bullshit. About you complaining. And now there's a fucking article written by some chick. Dated January. Amy Daughters. I don't know who the fuck that is. Never heard of her. She's probably a really nice person. I just don't know who the fuck she is. All right. I don't know who she writes for. I am kind of intrigued. <clears throat> but Miss Daughters wrote a cool little article. How many seats were left empty during the 2018-2019 bowl season? And I am interested in this. It doesn't... not going to change my... Uh, point of view on the bowl games. That's just not. I'm still going to watch as many of them as I can next year. I think there's 40 of them this year. I think. Well, 39, I think there's 40 of them this year. So she wrote an article. I just actually stumbled upon it right now. Okay. I just stumbled upon it right now. I was actually going to a different article I wanted to talk about, but I stumbled upon this. And since I've talked about the bowl season, and I did finish my bowl season um, 22 and 16, even though I, even with the national championship uh, loss and the Oklahoma getting beat in the semifinals, I still finished 22 and 16, which isn't bad at all. Thank you very much for everybody who doesn't give a shit. So, yes, I follow bowls. I enjoy, I enjoy college football. I don't give a fuck who's playing. I watched the FCS championship. Thank God it wasn't in Eastern Washington. I probably wouldn't lost, would have lost my sight. For those of you who don't know, Eastern Washington has a red field. If you don't know, if you know anything about Boise State's blue field, same thing, but red. Hurts my eyes. That was in Frisco. God, we should have, should have gone to that game instead. That's a much better game than the San Diego State fucking Ohio game. And the weather is warmer too. Was it raining? Anyways. <laughs> so Miss Daughters came up with this article. There's 40 games. Remember, one was canceled. Uh, Boise State Boston College game was canceled due to weather. But of all 39 games, there was roughly a total of 700,000 seats were empty. That's an average of about 18,000 seats a game. Now, I mean, there's some games in there that you just kind of go, okay, why? I get that. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> so, of all the 39 games, six bowl games had over 35,000-plus seats empty apiece, which is kind of embarrassing. Now, I'm looking at the names. Now, maybe these stadiums are too big for them. Maybe. Which, I mean, that's a huge possibility. So, I'm going to start from the no, I'm gonna start from the top here. The number uh, is this, the six schools here, or six games here. I'm going to start from 
not the most empty uh, stadium, but the sixth most empty stadium. And that's going to be Ford Field. Now, this game, I'm kind of surprised. I'm surprised this many people didn't show up. So, Ford Field has a capacity of 65,000 people. It was It's in Detroit. That's where the uh, Lions play. And it was Minnesota and Georgia Tech. Usually, you get – it used to be the Motor City Bowl – I, mean, I think it used to get Mac team and I forgot what who else was in there. But usually it was a Mac team. Mac team would go there. It was that was their automatic bull, the Mac champion. I forgot who they would play. I want to say Sun Belt or Conference USA. I could be wrong. But this year it was Minnesota Georgia Tech. Now Minnesota Minnesota's right there, and I believe they sold a pretty good amount of seats for their home game. So was it a timing issue? Was it a weather issue? I mean, the fact they made bowl eligibility, eligibility, they became bowl eligible. They should be happy with that. Why not? Georgia Tech, it was Paul Johnson's last game as the head coach of Georgia Tech. Now, there's probably some Georgia Tech fans who plotted and were happy and think whoever they believe in. Let's face it, Paul Johnson wasn't too bad. He, he, he won. He just didn't win enough. <clears throat> I mean, he won enough to keep his job. He retired or resigned. He's going to retire for a year or two. But anyways, so the stadium is 65,000. A grand total of 27,228 were in attendance. I think the University of Minnesota has more people enrolled there. What's over 37,000 seats. The next one is the Red Box Bowl. Now, I saw an article a little before the national championship game that kind of summed it up pretty quick, pretty easily. And I think I've said it before as well. The Bay area is not a college football area. It's just not. Yes. There's Stanford and there's Cal there. And when Cal is playing well, they sell out respectively. Stanford sells out respectively, but they have a solid core of alumni in the student section and, as a way for them to relieve from the uh, uh, academic stresses. I've heard the same really nice. I was supposed to go a couple years ago. Um, I just got sick, unfortunately. A buddy of mine and his wife went instead, and they said it was a real nice stadium, except it's dry. It sucks. But it doesn't matter. So this game was actually at Levi Stadium, which is where the 49ers play, which is like an hour south of San Francisco. It's really weird how they help. The powers that be did this. <clears throat> you had Oregon, Michigan State. Now, the stadium holds 68,500 seats. Now, if you followed the national championship going into that week, you know, there's all these articles and talking heads about how the tickets were cheap because, well, the stadium wasn't selling out. wasn't in high demand. Now, I watched the game, and it looked like it was pretty well sold out, but at the same time, you can get – Tickets to the national championship game for two hundred bucks? Fuck yeah! I should have gone. I didn't. I actually had other. I had a appointment actually that that night. A meeting earlier, an appointment, and I couldn't get out of it unfortunately. But it is what it is. So, anyways, the stadium was had thirty thousand people in it. That's how many people showed up. A little over thirty thousand people with ending capacity of thirty eight thousand. That one kind of surprised me. I figured Oregon would come down. <clears throat> And the Oregon uh, Austin Stadium only holds about, I think, forty or 50,000, I think. 
and why Michigan State fans wouldn't come out to the California. Yes, it's not sunny and warm like Southern California would be, but it also is in Michigan. So that kind of surprised me. I did not expect that to be as empty as it was. How many seats are in? Not kind of seat the best. So Austin Stadium is fifty-four thousand people. That was close. That was that was pretty almost spot on. Now, granted, I mean, people, kids went home. I mean, this is kind of during the break. So you have to be a fan, a hardcore fan for the of these. I would have gone if I if I didn't have to work and it wasn't a day game. I would have gone personally. The next game, Birmingham, the the um, Birmingham Bowl at Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama, very historical field. I've never been, but it, uh, it's old and historical. I'd like to go there one day. Um, they hold 72,000. <clears throat> I think um, University of – UAB plays here. I was, I was thinking of Mobile. My bad. Uh, I think University of Alabama, Birmingham plays there. Hold 72,000. They have Wake Forest and Memphis. Now, Memphis is a, it's kind of, it's a college football town. It's a football town. They like football in Memphis. <clears throat> and when the Tigers, which is Memphis – Plays really, really well. Their stadium, pretty sold out. I don't know how big um, their stadium is. I don't, off the top of my head. But I do know from just my little research, Memphis loves football. That's it. They love football. So the fact that Birmingham isn't too far away, they hold the Memphis Liberty Stadium, Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium holds fifty-eight thousand. No, I shouldn't hold right now. Yeah, fifty-eight, love fifty-eight thousand. So the fact that they didn't travel kind of surprises me. Birmingham isn't that far away. I don't remember the weather being that bad. So Memphis and Wake Forest, eh, not the most exciting game in the world. I understand that, but they had empty seats. They had forty over forty-six thousand empty seats. Which sucks. <clears throat> now, what's the reasoning behind that? I don't know. I just don't know. Is it ticket prices? Is it people just don't care anymore? I mean, I don't know what the fuck the deal is. So the last three, I mean, they had over 50,000 seats apiece didn't show up. Or 50,000 seats apiece were empty. There's New Orleans Bowl, App State, Middle Tennessee, which was a great game. Wait. Wrong game. I was thinking of Georgia uh, uh, Southern. Wasn't much of a game. <laughs> I lied. Um, then you had the Cure Bowl in Orlando. I think it's the Camping World. I think it's to be Orlando. Uh, Tulane, Louisiana, Lafayette. And then the Casparilla Bowl, which is one of the first ones, the Marshall and USF. Now, I would have thought since as the Raymond James Stadium, which is in Tampa, which is where USF is. Now, I don't know what, what the average attendance at the USF game is, but I'm pretty confident it's more than 14,000. Now, again, was school out? Actually, no, I don't think school was out at that time. It might have been out. I don't know what the college schedule is, but 14,000 people showed up for that game for a stadium that holds slightly less than 66,000. That's a difference of over 51,000. Actually, almost 52,000. 
Now, there are only five games that had fewer than 1,000 empty seats. And four of them make sense to me. The fifth one surprises me, and it makes me kind of happy, actually. So you have the Mercedes-Benz, I'm sorry, the Peach Bowl, Florida, Michigan. I mean, Florida, they, Florida fans love football, and Florida is a big school. Michigan, a big school. It's going to be a big game. As a capacity of 75,000. Slightly over 74 official were there. That's 994 empty seats. Those empty seats are probably stupidly expensive, and no one, everybody went, nah, we're good. Now, this bowl game surprises me. I think, actually, it surprises me, and it makes sense to me. And I'll tell you why. It's Armed Force Bowl. It's at the Amon G. Carter Stadium. It was Army in Houston. Now, the Amon G. Carter Stadium, if I remember correctly, it, uh, is where Navy plays. Actually, no, actually, no, that might not. That's the military bowl. So I don't know where the stadium is. Because the bowl game I'm thinking of is the military bowl, which is played in uh, Navy Marine Corps Stadium in uh, Annapolis. So NG Carter is uh, for TCU plays. Yep, it's TCU. So I was wrong. Completely different area. I should know this shit. But anyways, so Houston Army uh, was actually a blowout. But the stadium was only 45,000 seats. 44,738 were in attendance. That's 262 empty seats. Now, that surprises me. That surprised me that that game was as packed, has has had as big of attendance than it did, than it has, or it was, whatever. Because that's not what I, I personally expected. That's cool to me. I like that. I mean, yeah, the stadium's only 45,000. I get it. But still, they almost sold it out. A 45,000 seat stadium with two schools that aren't the big name schools was almost sold out. I like that. That's awesome. I think that gives me hope for college football. But then I go up and look at the Marshall USF game and the Tulane Louisiana game and go, well, <laughs> the App State Mid Tennessee game. And also, talked briefly about the national championship game. The national championship game, all these tickets were available. A couple of days for the national championship. They're cheap. People are bitching about it. Oh, my God, there's no football. Bay Area doesn't like football. Blah, 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 which Bay Area doesn't like football. I get it. But when you only have 186 empty seats, after all that bitching and moaning and complaining and talking heads, talking whatever, fucking shit, and officially there's 186 empty seats from the national championship game. Yeah, the tickets were cheap. They weren't thousands and thousands of dollars a piece like last year. And probably like next year. I think next year's in Atlanta, I want to say. It's in the south. Isn't there Atlanta or, or Atlanta or New Orleans? I want to say Atlanta for some reason. I could be wrong on that one. But I know it's in the south somewhere. And a couple of years is in LA. <clears throat> so 186, 186 seats empty for the National Championship game. And then we come to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. All the West Coast doesn't like football, blah, 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 blah. Ohio State and Washington. How about they have more people show up than they had seats officially? That means there is a bunch of people standing, or they were sitting on laps or something. I don't know how the hell they managed to do that. So they had about, from what this, what Miss Daughter says, 
they had 717 extra people came in. So the stadium holds 91,136. Officially, 91,853 people showed up. And we're there physically watching the game. Hmm. And we're going on to the Orange Bowl, Alabama, Oklahoma. Not a huge stadium. It holds 65,326. Officially, 66,203 people showed up. That is 877 extra people. But the game again from Notre Dame, the game with Notre Dame and Clemson was held in Arlington in the Cotton Bowl, and it had about 7,800 empty seats. The stadium that holds 80,000 people, 72,000 showed up, which 72,000 is a good chunk. This isn't like it's a 40,000 seat stadium and 3,000 showed up. I mean, 72,000 is a big chunk. I think. I thought the Cotton Bowl Hills was a hold over 100,000. I mean, so the list goes on and on and on. I mean, the Texas A&M NC State game, they had 29,000 empty seats, which was uh, TIAA Bank in Jacksonville, Bank Field in Jacksonville. Uh, let's see. Then you had the West Virginia Syracuse game. It had 41,000. Only 41,000? 41,000 people there were there. That's a lot of people. But it had 28,000 seats empty. The Cincinnati-Virginia Tech game. This was at the Navy and Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. It only had 1,100 seats empty. And so the list goes on and on and on. I mean, there's games out there like the Bahama Bowl game. The capacity of 15,000 people. Well, 13,500 showed up and watched that game. Shit, I should go to that game next year, James. Fuck, in the Bahamas? Fuck yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think the issue is the bowl games. I don't think the issue is the amount of bowl games. I, I don't think the issue is people not caring about football. I think one of the issues is you're putting small schools in a sixty thousand seater stadium. You're sending App State, Middle Tennessee State into a seventy five thousand seat stadium and expecting them to fill that up. Come on. You're sending Tulane and Louisiana, Monroe, well, not Monroe, Lafayette, to a 70,000-seat stadium. When the stadiums maybe hold 20,000 apiece, maybe, maybe. I don't know what new Tulane Stadium holds. I know it's brand new. Now, maybe it's not the games. Maybe it's not the football team. It's the stadiums we're putting people, these kids in. Our new Tulane Stadium holds supposed to hold thirty thousand. Supposed to. Last one opened. When did they get? When did they get stadium open? No, it's fairly new. It opened in no, opened in fourteen. Shit, in four years. They sold it out in fucking uh, September six against Georgia Tech. Of course, that's probably all Georgia Tech fans. <clears throat> My point being, yes, there were a lot of empty seats. I get it. There's no denying that fact, okay? There's none. But how about putting these kids in this position or these teams in a position that they can play in front of a full stadium? There's plenty of stadiums out there that hold 20, 30, 40,000 seats. Now, the games like Oregon and Michigan State, okay, there's no excuse for that. The Minnesota, Minnesota Georgia Tech, there's no real excuse for that. 
well, there's too many bowl games. How does this have to deal with too many bowl games? If I'm a fan of Minnesota, I'm going to go to Detroit. Unless I can't because of weather or because I live in another part of the country. Maybe. Even then, I'm a Nebraska fan. And Nebraska fucking became bowl eligible and they went to the quick lanes game. Guess what bowl game I would have gone to this year instead of fucking San Diego State. But you got to think about the travel as well. Airline tickets, driving, train tickets, shit, bus tickets, the tickets themselves, hotel, food, rent a car if you want to rent a car, Uber. This goes on and on and on. People aren't spending their money like that anymore. They're spending on on things like cars and jewelry and Instagram things and blah, 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 blah. Maybe I'm old school. I don't know. Maybe the matchups aren't as attractive to non-college football fans, which is a huge possibility. I know I'm in the minority. I'm fucking highly aware of that. I love college football, and I will watch college football. I will watch fucking uh, Sacramento State. I'll watch UC Davis. I'll watch fucking Nevada. And I'll go to the big game, the Stanford, a Cal game, an Oregon game, a USC game, which I've been to, a UCLA game, a San Diego State game, a Northern Arizona. I mean, I love college football. If I can fucking go to a college football game, I'm going to fucking go. Because I love college football, and that's what I do. But I'm the minority here. I understand that. If the game isn't attractive enough, they're not going to go. Well, how do you know that fucking... Georgia Southern and fucking whoever the hell they played. I think it was uh, Eastern Washington or Eastern Michigan. It was Eastern Michigan. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> Georgia Southern. They played. It was a good game. But it wasn't sexy. That's the issue. It was a real good game, but it wasn't sexy enough for people to give a shit about. It was Eastern Michigan. It was Eastern Michigan. That was a really good game. But on paper, before the game started, it wasn't sexy enough. It was Eastern Michigan and Georgia Southern. In Montgomery, Alabama. See, if you're a true college football fan, if you like college football, you're going to watch that game. And go, wait, that was a good game at the end. If you're not a college football fan, you just want the sexy games, you're not going to watch that game. If you're one of those jackasses that keep saying, oh, there's so many bowl games, you're not going to watch that game. You missed out that game. Now, were there blowouts? Oh, fuck yeah, of course there were. Were there blowouts with the big games too? <laughs> yes, there were. Clemson, Notre Dame, this is name one. It's been rant and rave about that. That's weird. I wasn't even trying to get into that. That was a headline I stumbled upon right now. Talking to you. No one. Talking to my computer. Because it's the only one who listens to me. Well, not even that. It doesn't really even listens to me. What I wanted to do, what my game plan was coming into this episode, was to sit here and talk about the 21 hires in college football. Yes, I think I said last episode, and we're called football talk or something very similar to it. But there's shit to talk about. I already went on like a 10-minute or 5-minute rant about how much I love college football. And there's 
College Football News. I spent 45 fucking minutes to an hour talking about the NFL, which I never do. But it's the playoffs now. I fucking following the playoffs. Ah. And there's things to talk about, too, which is really amazing. Banging my head against the wall because it's just, just things to talk about. Ah. Time is it? One o'clock. All right. So I'm gonna spend half an hour doing this. I mean, there's shit to talk about. I mean, just Carla Murray has declared for the NFL draft. He wanted fifteen million dollars from the A's to keep him from declaring in the NFL draft. <clears throat> really? I really hope he fails. I hope he fails miserably. I really do. So he's declaring for the NFL draft. We will see. I wonder if he's going to report now to spring training. I wonder where they think he'll be drafted as well. Because this is the gamble. If he goes into team workouts and gets drafted like in the second round or something, He's, he's going to have more guaranteed money with the A's than he does with the NFL. I May mean, he's projected to be a first-round draft pick. I mean, yeah, he is short, but so is Baker Mayfield. So is Drew Brees. He's very athletic. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens uh, in April. So since we're on college football, I do want to talk about all these changes. And there's some things I'm going to skip over. This is a Yahoo Sports um, article. There's some things. I'm not going to talk about Tom Arth, who's the head coach at fucking Akron after Bowden was fired. Uh, I'm not going to go into Hugh Freeze again. And this is... According to Yahoo.com, YahooSports.com, the worst hire <laughs> of all the 21 spot uh, head coaching positions in FC, uh, FBS, which I think I went on a good a half an hour, 45 minute rant and rave about Liberty and this. <clears throat> yep, 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 that that hire. Man, he won at Ole Miss. Of course, he ravaged the team to do so. Got them in trouble with NCAA. I mean, granted, no, I think they got out of the, uh, um, they got out of trouble with the NCAA somehow. I mean, everybody thought it was gonna be terrible, but I mean, granted, what happened in North Carolina when it was an open secret that players were having their homework and tests done for them when they didn't have to take anything, and North Carolina got nothing for the most part. But Liberty's a Christian school. They have standards. They have morals. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Let me just see what he can do. Okay, now I don't care about Tom Marth from Akron. Don't give a shit. I don't care about Bowling Green. Hiring Scott Loeffler, who was OC in Boston College. Uh, 
Hey, he did retain uh, Carl Pliny, though. Nice. Carl Pliny and his brother, Bo Pliny. He was, I think it was a defensive coach. Then he took the coaching job at FAU. And there was something about him doing cocaine and drugs or something. Then he got fired and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> so I don't care about Scott Loeffler. Uh, Walt Bell going to UMass. That's something else I don't care about. Um... I mean, it's kind of a dumpster fire situation. Walt Bell was the OC at Florida State. And everybody knew he wanted the head coaching position somewhere. He took the UMass one. Eh. I mean, he's good at Maryland and Arkansas State. But you got the Florida State, and wow, what the fuck? Supposedly he's a strong recruiter. I just don't know if UMass is a good fit for him. But we'll see. I mean, they can't do worse than what they've already done, which is uh, haven't haven't won more than four games since they joined the FBS. Uh, Will Healy goes to Charlotte. He was the head coach at Austin Peay. He's a young man, young guy. I think he's in his early 30s, 33-year-old. Um, kind of turn Austin Peay around. So we'll see what he can do with Charlotte. He might be an up-and-up coach. I think, he, I think here's a huge possibility he – could turn into one of those young coaches like a Lincoln Riley or um, Todd McVeigh in the NFL and so on and so forth. Scott Frost at Nebraska. Um, is P.J. Fleck, is he? He must be in his 40s. He's kind of young. A day and so on and so forth. So we'll see what he does. I'm kind of interested to see what he does. I listened to him a couple times in interviews. I, I think he has an upside to him. I mean, Austin P did kind of have a down year, but I mean it's Austin P. It's kind of hard to recruit in the South when you have a shit ton of schools down there. Uh, Mel Tucker going to Colorado. That one surprised me a little bit. Uh, he has some baggage along with him, and he he was part of Nick Saban's coaching tree, but I don't think only for a year or two. Um, and he was at Georgia as well, so. But again, he has some baggage. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Colorado can do. I mean, they're not the they're not the creme the creme de la creme of that region. You know, Colorado, Utah, BYU, uh, Boise State, Wyoming. I think uh, they have facilities. I'm just not overly sold on them. Right now, it seems like they want to be good, but I don't know if they want to put forth the effort. Like in Oregon State or um, who else is Hawaii, when Hawaii was really good. They just didn't want to put the money and the effort into the system, into the programs. Great uniforms, but not into the program. So we'll see. Um, East Carolina, Mike Houston, I don't care about that. I mean, he originally was in Charlotte, then the East Carolina job opened up, and he kind of went, screw it, I'm going to go to East Carolina. Uh, he, he head coach at James Madison, pretty solid program. Mike Loxley at Maryland, another guy. I'm kind of, eh, I, th- I think they should get Canada. Matt Canada, I think he was he, way he held that team together until the decision towards the end of the season to bring Dunkel back, Durkin back. I'm sorry. Um, I think he's had them playing well. So I, think, I think Canada should have should have done should have been there. Um, and I also got Loxley uh, confused with uh, Tucker. What I'm confused with, yeah, Tucker. So sorry, Tucker. 
um, Loxie's guy, I'm going to let you about He had some issues at his only head coaching gig, which was New Mexico from 09 to 11. Yep, 09 to 11. Uh, he had some accusations of age and sex discrimination. He had a young man who was underage, was got pulled over and got a DUI in his son's car. Um, he also was accused of punching an assistant and so on and so forth. And he had a terrible record. So yes, he is from the saving tree. Yes. He's from Maryland. Yes. He went to Towson, which is in Maryland. Don't think this is the best hire for him. I think the only positive he's going to come. He may have is if he brings hurt in, who is huge possibility, more than likely, I think it's around 90% that he's going to transfer somewhere uh, outside of, out of Alabama. Um, I don't know. I think he took a trip to Oklahoma. I think he took a trip to Maryland. I heard he may take a trip to Miami because that's where uh, um, Alabama's quarterback coach went. So we'll see. I- I'm not sold on Mike Loxley. I may go see them play next year. I might go watch when Nebraska plays them next year. Stadium's not bad, and they serve alcohol there. Kind of hard to park, though, if I remember correctly. Uh, Utah State hires Gary Anderson. Uh, this is his second stint at Utah State. Um, talked about him briefly. I think this is actually a good hire. I don't know why he left. I actually know I do know why he left. Utah for Wisconsin. Um, big name, big program. He goes to Wisconsin. Eh, okay, for a little bit. Leaves. It's kind of out of the blue. That was a big thing that no one saw coming. But he found that Wisconsin, they care about academics, and there's a standard there. That's what Wisconsin is. Wisconsin has an academic standard, and they're not going to put money into assistance. That's why uh, Bellema, Belima, Belimic, whatever his name is, left and went to Arkansas before he got fired. Because his assistants weren't getting paid, neither was he. So Wisconsin is one of those schools, they need a Wisconsin guy to be there. And they did uh, with um, Christ, Kist. God damn, what's his fucking name? Well, the guy they have now. I can see his fucking face, too. <laughs> Christ, I was close. Damn it. I should know this, too. Fuck. But Gary Anderson goes, goes back to Utah State. Um, I think it's the best place for him. I think it's a good place for him. I think what um, the gentleman will talk about later, Wells, he was the head coach there before he took the Texas Tech job. I, I think he continued the success at Utah State. They almost won the Mountain Division of the Mountain West and got – and had an opportunity to go to the Mountain West Championship. This guy beat by Boise in the last game of the year. So I think it's a good hire. Uh, and I'm Gary Anderson, the lack of success. Well, I shouldn't say lack of success. The lack of not ex- lack of expectation in Wisconsin, expecting that you know, I was going to be able to change that system around, which he did. Yeah, but at the same time, he the academic part of it bugged him. So he goes to Oregon State and gets fired at Oregon State because he went seven and twenty three at Oregon State. I think Utah State needs, is where he needs to be. He needs to stay there, not go anywhere else. He needs to retire there and become the winningest head coach ever at Utah State. I don't. I if I was him, I want to take another Power Five job unless it's like. Uh, was that lower half of the Power Five? You know, like a Wake Forest. No, I don't know. Wake Forest can't do Wake Forest because their academic standards are too high. Um, 
maybe like a Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, everybody in the Pac-12. I mean, he already went there and was terrible. <laughs> no, Gary, just yeah, Utah State. You see me better there. <clears throat> uh, next one, Jake's Bevidal. He went to Texas State. Where the fuck are you from? No, he was, he was uh, what did he work? He worked at West Virginia the last two seasons. Uh, was it an OC? I don't think he was an OC. Yeah, offensive, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at A&M. Uh, but what was he at? Fucking, I guess he was OC at West Virginia. Hmm. Yeah, he had ties to Texas. Go there. Real fun. Uh, Les Miles. I think I talked about this at length. At Kansas, unique hire. Definitely a splash. I think they wanted some sort of a headline, and they got it. I don't know if it's the best hire. He's in the 60s or 70s, high 60s, low 70s maybe. I think he's in his high 60s or mid-60s. So he's got 15 good years, maybe. 12 good years, maybe. He's got a lot of work, though. I mean, he did – Oklahoma State was in the dumps. From what I remember, after Barry Sanders and all of them retired or left, and uh, Thurman Thomas, he's an Oklahoma State guy. And they were kind of bad down. And then Miles came in, turned that team around, then, of course, took the job at LSU. And college football changed, but he didn't. That was his downfall. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be. I'm, I want to see Kansas move up and at least get bowl eligible. That'd be cool. I kind of like Kansas. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. We'll see. That was one of those hires that didn't make sense to me. Why don't they go out and get the guy from Army or somebody with a completely different style? That would make more sense to me. I mean, Kansas is not going to win a national championship. Plain and simple. They may turn into. The new Iowa State, which has come a couple steps short of the Big 12 championship, but make every team have to beat them from start to finish. But they're never going to make that big leap. It's just it's not going to happen. It's Kansas. It's not basketball. It's football. It's not basketball. So why not change up offenses? Why not bring in the wing tee? No, bring in a disciple, Paul Johnson. Bring in uh, Ken Maliato, whatever his name is, from Navy. Bring in the guy from Army. I forgot his name. Why not bring them in? Completely different offense. Make those defenses even more stressed. But they didn't. They brought Les Miles in, and he's probably going to run a conventional offense that is very conservative, which was the downfall at LSU. Uh, see, Central Michigan picks up Jim McElwain. What a clusterfuck dumpster fire he is, but we'll see what he can do. At least he's going to a small market, and uh, they need to some who, – who's, I mean, who's the receivers coach in Michigan this last year? Um, But I don't know about that. I don't know about that hire. Granted, Central Michigan is kind of out of money because they fired a coach a year after giving him extension. And they had a big buyout and so on and so forth. Uh, Mac Brown, North Carolina, another splash hire. At least he has ties to North Carolina. So 
I mean, that's one of those jobs. I don't know how long is he going to be there. He's in, he's I don't know how old he is. I think he's in his late sixties as well. Yeah, he's in his late sixties, I and mean, that's maybe a ten-year job. Maybe. I mean, my thinking on Mac Brown is he's in there. He's just trying to get North Carolina back on its feet, get them going in the right direction, and then bring in a coach to like uh, a coach in waiting or something, which I fucking hate. But to set them up for success in the future because he's in his late sixties. Not many coaches coach into their eighties. Well, what's the face of Penn State? Petrino? Paterno. Starts with the P. I always get the I always get the last names confusing. See the guy. I mean he was in his eighties. <clears throat> but he needed football. If he didn't have coaching, he that he would have died, and that's what we saw after he was all the scandal came up and he was forced out. I think he would have died a year. Within a year later, within a year after he was forced out. But so Mac Brown, I mean, I I like to see North Carolina be successful. I don't. Maybe he's just trying to get them on the right footing and bring in some, another coach. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out in the upcoming years. Uh, Scott Satterfield going to Louisville. He's from App State. Um, He's kind of going into a dumpster fire situation. There's so much shit going on there. We'll just see what happens. Uh, I'd like to see Louisville get back on track just because uh, the ACC is really down. I mean, yeah, one of their teams won the national championship. Syracuse won their bowl game. But for the most part, they were really, really down this year. They were not one of the best conferences. They are definitely near the bottom five. In fact, 12 is on the bottom ACC just because of Clemson, and I'll give you Syracuse is two steps ahead of the Pac-12. That's it. So hopefully he'll get Louisville back on, on target and, and make ACC kind of a good powerhouse. And there's a lot of talent in the south and the east, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Rod Carey, okay, they made it uh, higher. Um, let's see. I think Rod Carey is – this is a new hire to me. So I knew um, Temple – no, they originally hired Manny Diaz. Like a week or two later, Mark Rick retired from Miami. Manny Diaz was defensive coordinator at Miami. He's from Miami. His dad was a mayor of Miami. So they called him, and he said, sorry, Temple, I'm going back to Miami as the head coach there. So I was trying to figure out who they're going to bring in, and it looks like they brought in Rod Carey. And I don't know anything about Rod Carey. I don't have a clue. About Rod Carey. I am actually now looking him up now because I don't have a fucking clue. I don't. Is he the guy from Northern Illinois? Yep. He went to Northern. He's from Northern Illinois. Okay. Now, was he fired in Northern Illinois? Oh. Okay, go. Cool. I saw something he was fired, but he wasn't. Um, that's a good hire. Okay. That is a good hire. I have. I think that's a really good hire for um, Temple. I think they recovered after the whole Manny Diaz thing. I mean, this is really a uh, – I think it's a good hire. I mean, a fucking issues. They lose their coach after they sign him, and he goes somewhere else. And now they need a coach out of nowhere. After recruiting, after early signing season – or signing period, not season – all these kids signed and needed a coach. I think this is a good hire for them. I really do. 
especially the time frame that they had. And of course, Temple is not stupid. They quickly went and made sure after they signed him. No. Still good? I'm still good. Uh, they quickly made sure that his buyout is pretty lofty. <laughs> so, I mean, he's only $10 million if he's for the first two seasons. I mean, that's what you can agree on. So they make sure. I mean, if he goes to a big school, the big school is going to fucking four foot, over, four foot over that money. But for the next three years, it's, I think, $10 million and $8 million are his buyouts. So I think it's going to get higher by Temple. Uh, Western Kentucky brings in Tyson Helton. Then we talked about him briefly. Uh, where did he, he was? I knew we talked about it. OC, yes, right. OC uh, at USC for a couple years, and then last year was at Tennessee. Kansas State, Chris Kleiman, former head coach at North Dakota State, who just won the Northern National Championship. I think that's a good hire. Uh, I don't see a coach like him going to a big school. Uh, I think he's built to be at a school like Kansas State that doesn't have all the four or five star players coming in. He's got to he's got to bring in. They, the coach has to know how to bring in one, two, three stars and no star players like he did in North Dakota State. It made them into a powerhouse. Uh, Texas Tech, Matt Wells. I'm excited for that uh, hire. It's basically going to be another you know, spread you out, score a shit ton of points like uh, Kingsbury and Leach. This is not going to be so much passing. It's not going to be passing, but it's going to be a run as well. Uh, I just wonder how the defense is going to hold up. Uh, Appalachia State brings in Elia Drunkwitz, who was the offensive coordinator at North, offensive coordinator at North Dakota State. North Dakota, North Carolina State. Sorry. Good hire there, I believe. We'll see how he does. Doesn't look like a head coach. It's kind of weird to me. Ohio State, Ryan Day. I hate Ohio State, but I think that's a really good hire. Uh, Troy brings in Chip Lindsey because Troy's head coach, Neil Brown, went and took the West Virginia head coaching position because uh, uh, Dana left from West Virginia to the Houston job. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I don't know anything about Chip Lindsey. I wonder who they're who they're going to bring in. Um, let's see. Let's see. Nice from Alabama. That's good. So he's Lindsey. Okay, Lindsey was the head coach. Was OC at Auburn. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but he's from Alabama, so it's a good place for him to be. Good place. I don't know about the hire, just because I've seen Auburn's offense struggle. Until the bowl game, when Menzel, uh, Menzel. Uh, when the head coach took over, what's his name? Gus Malzahn. There we go. Uh, Jeff Collins from Georgia did the job, head coaching job at Georgia Tech. He was at Temple. He was the head coach at Temple, right? Yeah. That's why Temple needed a head coach the first time around. That's going to be fun. I think we talked about this briefly. Um, he's going to have to change that offense to probably a run spread offense, which he used at Temple. So it's kind of the same thing, but just different skill set to an extent. Uh, Manny Diaz, we talked about him already going to Miami after the whole Temple thing. Dana Holgerson is one is 
a hire that we talked briefly about. I'm not it's one of those. That's a hire that makes me scratch my head because I don't get it. Why would you down downgrade? Now again, West Virginia, there there's things that they're not. There's rumors, or I'm hearing things that they just don't spend money on their coaches and on the recruit. I mean, he's getting thing they get paid two times more at Houston than he's getting paid at West Virginia. I think West Virginia is paying getting paid like around two about two point something million. Houston they're gonna pay him four. <laughs> what? So those are basically all the fucking coaching changes this year. Um good ones in there, bad ones in there. We won't really know for a couple of years. I mean, next year, maybe we'll see some uh, uh, things that, that, that you go. It's a good hire. I always look at what happens three, four years down the line because that is when you know how good a coach is because he's bringing his, his players now. Usually a coach will go into a situation and either they struggle or they succeed with the other coach who they replace his players. And now you kind of see, okay, where, how good are they? The other coach wasn't that good, so they didn't get these players up and going. Okay, that's half the equation. The other half is recruiting. And you'll see four to five years down the line, how good a recruiter was this, is this new head coach. That's it. So we'll see. I think Diaz is going to have success, which is going to help the ACC. It's going to piss off some Florida State fans that I know. Um, I think I forgot his name. A Temple may have some success. Houston, the weird hire. I don't know about the success they're going to have. Uh, but, but you know, there's a lot of teams out there that may have success. Liberty, since they don't play anybody, I wouldn't be surprised if they're both eligible. Um, and I see that we're going to we're going to find out where everybody goes. I mean this. Stupid transfer portal is now the biggest thing in college football. It's full of fucking quarterbacks because no one wants to fucking wait their turn or fight for a job. They want things handed to them, which I went into a rant and rave last time. So there's a lot of players out there in this transfer portal. So, well, that's my time today for all one and a half, two and a half of you, maybe negative three. I don't know. Thanks for listening. Go out, enjoy the world, dominate everything, fucking break shit. Have a good time. And hopefully next episode we will have a guest. Fingers crossed. All right, all right guys. You have a good one. Bye.